We greet all of you tonight and those who are live stream also. Tonight will be the first installment of, a, of two lessons on the provision, the nature, and the necessity of sanctification. Now, I'll be doing this in two um, approaches. The first is going to be the sanctification that was wrought on the cross. And the second is going to be the practical aspect of it, our personal sanctification. It's a lot of wonderful things to to see in this. So when it comes to sanctification, we're in in the creation, we're introduced to the term yeah. sanctification. How God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. Because that in it he rest had rested from all his work which God created and made. So when it comes to the natural creation, the to it was totally finished in six days. And the immensity of the natural creation has no one has like a faint idea about it. Scientists tell us that they've seen by telescope that there are new stars and new planets being created, but see, there that's not true. That's right. Yeah. Just to accent the immensity, see, God's testifying something in the creation. His power in God and what he can do. It's estimated by modern science that the closest planet to Earth, you debate whether it's Venus or Mars, but it varies from 24 to 162 million miles. That's to the nearest body <laughs> out there. No scientific instrument has ever discovered the outer border of, yeah. if there is, an outer border of creation. is infinite. Yeah. Now with that in mind, here's how the, how the scriptures account for this. That scientists can't receive this, but this is the way it is. Yeah. God saw everything that he made. Behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. God saw everything that he'd made. And behold, it was very good. And this even in the morning with a sixth day, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, yeah. and all the host of them. Uh -huh. Now note he sanctified that uh -huh. seventh day. Yeah. Uh -huh. Of course, there are people still today that observe the Sabbath day because because of this. But those that are informed know that in Christ there's a different rest, a, a, a different, a superior rest yeah, right. with a greater glory exists now. And so we enter into it when we believe. But we're introduced in creation to a God that begins and finishes. That's right. See, that, that's... You might be surprised how many Christians have trouble with that. 
There are significant religious debates about whether God begins the process of conversion or not. And that he's going to finish it. See, men, this is beyond. Men don't understand this any more about salvation than they do about creation. An unlimited God. We're introduced to an unlimited God. Yeah. Right out of the chute, we're introduced to that kind of God so that we can never think of God as not able to do this or do that Uh without thinking of Him that way. Now, under the law and its ordinances, there are 48 references to sanctification under the law. There were numerous things that were sanctified. The tabernacle was sanctified. All the vessels in it were sanctified. The people were sanctified. The priests were sanctified. All their garments were sanctified. See, in other words, nobody could use these but God. When God sanctifies something, it's His. It doesn't belong to anyone else. Sanctification under the law involved a total commitment to the Lord. A high priest couldn't do anything, but that was it. That's all he could do. The Levitical priesthood, they served God. That's all they could do. They couldn't do anything else. The tabernacle, that's only for God. Nobody else could use it. It wasn't a tent of meeting for the people. No. The table of showbread, that wasn't for anybody but God. The bread on it was only for God. The altar of incense is only for God. Golden candlestick is only for God. See, every the holy, holy stuff only for God. The Ark of the Covenant only for God. That's God's. That teaches us what sanctification is. When we read about people that are sanctified, they'd be exclusively belong to God. They may do other things, but. They're told, do it for God. If, if the Lord buys you, and he has, you belong to him, you have no choice here. Yeah. Amen. You must do everything for him. Mm-hmm. Thank God faith is, so, is such that you can do everything. You can Amen. dedicate everything you do mm-hmm. to God. Under the law, there were sanctified days. There were sanctified periods, some three days, some a week, some a month. But they were holy for the Lord. During during the, these special times and special days, God was 100% of the attention. We're being introduced to sanctification here. By definition, just a brief overview, the people were cultured, Israel was cultured, to think of things related to God as not being related to anything else. They couldn't be used for anything else. They had no utility anywhere else. If there was a nice pan that bread was baked with in the tabernacle, sorry, nobody else could use that. Now let's get on, on this subject. Now what we're going to cover here is the the broad sanctification that happened one time. 
the sanctification at one time it happened and what it did. Now Jesus, when he taught, when he come to earth, he taught people about sanctification. He used it by using the word his disciple. And he made quite clear that if someone was his follower, they couldn't be a follower of anybody else. Here's some of the things he said. Now this is sanctification spelled out in different words. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now as we've mentioned, hate here doesn't mean loathe. It means if there's a conflict between Jesus and the person, he must default to Jesus. If there's a conflict between Jesus and the person's father or mother, if there's a conflict, they must choose Jesus. If there's a conflict between children, a wife and children, and there's a conflict when Christ, a person has to choose, but if he's going to serve God, he's going to make the other person upset. Or he's got to choose Christ. Amen. And this includes his own life and his brothers and his sisters. Again, in Luke 14, 27, he says, Whoever does not bear his cross, bearing your cross is the penalty that you pay for following Jesus. The inconvenience, the opposition, the suffering, the persecution, whatever. It results because you're following Jesus. If you don't pick up your cross, means you take it. You don't leave Christ because of it. And then you have to, with that handicap, follow Jesus. Jesus said, if you don't do that, you can't be my disciple. There's a sanctification. Now we're seeing what sanctification is. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. So God doesn't put a limit on how much you can have. He does put a limit on how much of that has you. There are some people that can handle a lot and do it honorably. But whoever doesn't, by saying forsake that, he means if there's a conflict between that and Jesus, you got to forsake that and follow Jesus. That's what he's talking This is sanctification. And he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter is not worthy of me. He that taketh not his cross and follows me is not worthy of me. See? That's sanctification. Now again, I'm building, I'm building a, a case here. Now the teaching of the apostles, they went along with this, that Sanctification means exclusively God's. Yeah. Being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Free from sin, see? Yeah. And you become servants to God means that the sin's, uh, sin's unacceptable. Yeah. You're living for God. Here again, Romans 12.1, I beseech you, brethren, now the mercies of God is you present your bodies a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. Yeah. 
So you have a body, it's for God. Amen. You give it to God. Whatever you do, and you have a tremendous latitude in what you can do, but it's got to be done for God. Whether we live, whether we live, unto, we live unto the Lord, whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Yes, sanctification. Amen. Whether we eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's it. Yes. That's sanctification. Amen. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. See, now this... This is sanctification. This is what it is. But this has proved throughout history, Christian history, this has proved very challenging to the Christian community. There's a lot of debate about, about this and a lot of official stands taken that neutralize this. But you can't neutralize it. And this, this isn't calculated, you understand, to make life miserable. Like Catholicism, when they sanctify somebody, a man, they can't marry. They have to take a vow of poverty. So their life, in a sense, is a life of misery. That's not what this is about here. Because faith makes you able to adapt everything you do to God. Israel didn't have that. See, they didn't. Ha they weren't given faith. Yeah, right. So they had to have the regulations. The sanctification was established that way. So our first consideration then in this uh, twofold approach will be the role of deity in sanctification. Now the text I'm going to be dealing with briefly here is Hebrews 10. 12 through 14. But this man, as Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. By one offering he perfected them that are not that will be, that are Amen. sanctified. Now this was a sacrifice no one could offer but Christ. Amen. No one else could offer this sacrifice. Only Christ. And it was received by God before anyone could, could be sanctified. This is the reason for the Lord's Supper. This is what makes us acceptable. Yeah. Uh -huh. What makes us acceptable is not what we do, it's what Christ did. Amen. That doesn't mean you don't do anything. We'll yeah. cover that in lesson two. But mm -hmm. what makes you acceptable mm -hmm. is not what you do, it's what Christ did. Right. I want to try and make some sense out of this tonight. From henceforth, Jesus was exalted from henceforth expecting. Now here's what, what happened. God, God is holy. He is righteous. He can't have involvements 
with unholy people. He can't. So what Jesus did, he sanctified the people. His sacrifice on the cross made the people acceptable so God could work in them. Can you see that? Oh, this is a great... This is a great and marvelous truth. We were set apart for God to work. God couldn't work in you. God didn't work in people back under the old covenant. He worked on them, but he didn't work in them. No matter what he did for them, they were obstinate and rebellious. But now God can work in you to will and do of his own good pleasure. Why can he work in you? Because Jesus in his death sanctified you. Amen. He sanctified the people altogether. That's what the scripture says. He, by one offering, he sanctified forever. Mm-hmm. One offering. Mm-hmm. What a. <laughs> yeah. I knew this. Uh, this stymied the devil. Mm-hmm. Never been anything like this before. Now, under the law, there were multitudes of sacrifices. You, there's no way to estimate how many millions. Of sacrifice. I'm going to compare this with with one. Mm-hmm. Jesus offered one offering. That one offering was effective. The thousands and millions of sacrifice that were before were totally ineffective. They just stirred up the consciousness of the people. For instance, at the dedication of the temple, one time, one time Solomon offered a single sacrifice of 22,000 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep that's some offering so the king and all the children of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord that's what that was for. That didn't dedicate anybody. That tremendous sacrifice. And then there were going to be millions of sacrifices after this. That was just that was just so the temple, so the temple could be used by God. Hmm? So that God could dwell in that temple. That's what that sanctification was about. Now for the greatest work. There's only one, yeah, yeah. only one offering, one sacrifice. The disobedience of one, one time, right. thrust the human race in an unacceptable state. Mm-hmm. The obedience of one and one act sanctified mm-hmm. the people so God could work Amen. in them. Because if God doesn't work in the people, yeah. they're not going to be saved. Amen. I know that uh, this is too hard for some people, but this is the way it is. But here's how much, you want to know how much God wants to save people. This is what he did to do it. That confirms that he's serious about salvation, so we have every reason to be serious about it ourselves. One act, Adam ate fruit, Jesus laid down his life. Concerning the single act, it was Jesus laying down his life. 
Concerning the location, it was the cross. He was crucified on the cross. What kind of cross? It was Christ's cross. It was his cross. Concerning the effect, it was atonement. All that was accomplished with one with one act. Concerning the specific redeeming factor, it's the blood of his cross. One time, one offering, accomplished this whole foundation for salvation. So God had to have a reason to save people. He had to have a people that were set apart for him to save the people. The people couldn't do this. So Jesus did it at the cross. In order for God to work in and through us, we must be thoroughly acceptable. There can't be any part of our essential person that God doesn't accept. We can't do enough for that to happen. But that one sacrifice did that. So now you see how this simplifies salvation from a practical viewpoint. You don't have to get yourself in a position where God can work in you. Jesus has done that. But the catch is you have to believe on Christ and abide in Christ. Otherwise, you're still in an unacceptable state. Yes. The death of Christ made us thoroughly acceptable to God. And then what God does, he puts a treasure in this earthen vessel. So you've got something from heaven. You've got something from him. You've got a down payment of eternal salvation. So he creates a new man in which he can put this treasure. That's right. See how wise salvation is? He made provision for you to be acceptable by one offering. Then he makes, he creates a new, he creates you anew. So he's not working with flesh and blood. He's, 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 he's just marvelous. Again, in Hebrews 13, 12, it says, Wherefore Jesus, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Without means outside the city of Jerusalem. Because this is an ordained circumstance that he might sanctify the people. He suffered without the gate. Why why outside Jerusalem? Because the people were outside Mm -hmm. the sacred precincts. They were, so to speak, outside the gate. So he went where the people were. Yeah, yeah. That's where he made. Isn't that marvelous? And that's where he made the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Upon which basis God quickens us who are dead in trespasses and sins. Before we could come where Jesus is, mm-hmm. Jesus had to come where we were, Amen. and He had to give His life. We we were not just on planet Earth, not just in Palestine, not even in Jerusalem, outside Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jerusalem, where there wasn't any tabernacle. 
or a temple or priest or holy services, yet perfectly matched our condition. They might sanctify the people. Well, I just rejoice to uh, to see that. Every single seed, no man, no demon, no evil spirit or principality can charge God with not doing something right. Amen. Yes. It's thoroughly right yes. and becoming of God. Yes. Now, that's why it's so wrong to reject this sacrifice. Amen. Yes. That's why it's so wrong not to live for God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why this will not be excused. Mm -hmm. After this kind of an investment, Mm -hmm. people may yap about belonging to Christ and loving Christ, but if they're not really living for Christ, Mm -hmm. they're not accepted. Mm -hmm. They've rejected the provision God has made. Serious business. That's why it says, he that believeth not, you know, that's why, that's why those texts are in there. Because everything necessary for them to believe has been done. Amen. Everything necessary for God to draw them, it's been done. Hmm? It's been done. He sanctified the people for the work. Amen. So Christ Jesus is made unto us Sanctification. Now, this text is 1 Corinthians 1, 30 and 31. But of him, God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, yeah. let him glory in the Lord. That text is found in Jeremiah. Of him are ye in Christ Jesus, that is God puts that is God puts you in Christ Jesus. This transaction, God putting us into Christ Jesus, He tells us when this happens. It was when you were baptized into Christ. That's the point. Otherwise you, you could not identify when this happened. There is no way that you can, by logic or reasoning or assessing human experience, that you can identify when you were in, put into Christ. Yeah. But you were put in when you were baptized right. into Christ. Mm-hmm. So in that act, God is the one that puts you in there. The act is what told, tells you that he did. Then yeah, right. he's made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now, all believers have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification to the degree that they are abiding in Christ and only to that degree. You can't have these benefits independently of of Christ. And when it says he made him to be this, doesn't mean on paper this happened on paper like a marriage certificate. It's not how it happens. It's when you connect with Christ, Mm -hmm. then the supply of this wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification, that's when that starts to kick into you. Amen. 
Yeah, Brother Given, when you, when you, uh, in a sincere heart, you really do have a desire not to sin, and you really have a desire to press in and know Him more, you realize that these things are happening. Yes, sir. Otherwise, you would never, ever, no, you wouldn't, wouldn't have the witness. That's, that's why, under the law, when people were told what to do, because they didn't know. In the New Covenant, when it says that what believers are mm-hmm. and what happens, mm-hmm. those aren't goals almost 100%. Yeah. It, it's, maybe it'd be 99.5%, but it's almost 100% of people read what believers are said to do as a goal. But it's not a goal. It's yeah. to tell you what happened. Amen. That's right. It's identifying to you what happened. Mm-hmm. And if it really happened, you'll be able to connect That's right. in your life, your how you, your your attitudes and your spirit. You're able to connect with that. And then he's telling you God did that. Amen. Yeah. See, so it's a completely different reason yes. for setting forth the commandment. Like Jesus said, "By this you know. Yeah. By this they'll know you're my disciples if you have love one for another." Now you may bark and tell how you're Christ's disciples, but the way it's the way it's known is if what he says is a sign, is in us. That's right. Yeah. If it's not in us, we're just talking. Mm-hmm. That's all. And according as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. Yeah. Now let me read that text to show you how marvelous it is. Jeremiah nine twenty four. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. So this is someone that has wisdom. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. So this is someone that has might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. This is someone that does have riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercised loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. And these things I delight. What that means is, this person that was wise, this person that was mighty, this person that was rich, knows who made him that way. Yes. That's why that's written. That's right. Those are causes that God Almighty causes. And, of course, then all those were stewards. In our text, the fact that produces glory in is that Jesus Christ is made unto us yeah. wisdom. If you've gained some wisdom and you you know what to do, you, yeah. you're able to recognize what's right, that's Christ has made that to yes. you Amen. because you were sanctified. Yes. Amen. That's why. Now, sanctified without the gate. That, uh, the scripture says, let us go forth unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Jesus is still outside the camp. Yes, amen. He's outside religious institutionalism. Mm-hmm. The primary evidence of religious institutionalism is Israel and the temple war and the temple worship. Yeah. He's outside that. He's not within that. Yeah. He's not inside ceremonial religion. Yeah. 
He's not in it. People may look holy, they may look serious, and so forth and so forth. But Jesus is not in ceremonies, liturgies, masses. He's not in them. He's outside. We go, so we go to him outside the camp. <clears throat> now, there's a principle I want to show here. We're going to deal with 1 Corinthians 6, 11. You are sanctified. You're justified. You're washed. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of the Lord. I want to deal with a principle here. Then the principle is this, that when God lists a number of things like here's this there's a fruit of the spirit that's another mm-hmm. it's another list there's if you add to your faith virtue and it just applies another list mm-hmm. that list stands as a whole yeah. uh-huh. you don't work on one of them and you work on another one and say that's not the way it is mm-hmm. they're not a mere list of things we do one by one for instance Take the fruit of the Spirit. You can't have 10% of available love and 15% of available joy and 2% of available peace and 4% of available long-suffering, but 75% of faith. All right, that sounds silly. People think like this. They think just like this. That you can have a lot of faith, none of, no, you can't. All of these are a cluster. They all come together. And what proportion has to do with faith in Christ? That's the proportion of all the other things. If you got 1% of Jesus, you got 1% of sanctification and justification. You don't have the whole, you only have what, what you have of Christ. That's all, that's all you possess. Some versions, see, if it was, if it was any other way, they'd say fruits of the Spirit. But he says, fruit is one fruit. Like a watermelon is one fruit. It is an epidermis, the skin has got pulp, it's got seeds, it's, but it's one, it's one fruit. Amen. It might surprise you that there are a couple of translations I give them here where, where they use the word fruits. It concerns our subject, washing, sanctification, and justification stand together as a unit, if I can use that phrase. It postulates that a person that is that is, can't be justified but not washed. He can't be washed but not sanctified. See, he can't have just one of those. They all... See, a person's got to see this because otherwise, there'll come times when you may doubt your association with Christ. There may be things that you're contending with yourself, and you you begin to question maybe. But you you have you have all of these things to the degree that you have Christ, yeah. and you have them because Christ sanctified you when He died. Right. Such were some of you. Then he names some of them here. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves of mankind, thieves, drunkards, revilers, extortions. That's not, everybody wasn't that. That list doesn't hold together. Some people 
were just one of those things. Not all of them. But there are deeper pits of sin. There are some sins that are worse. Paul said he was chief. He considered himself chief of sinners, not because he, he didn't do any of those, but he persecuted the church of God. That's the worst sin you can commit. The worst sin, aside from blaspheming the Holy Spirit, the worst sin you can commit is to make the people of God miserable. Persecute them, line yourself against them, talk against this who who. This is serious business. Let me tell you. Once you know that, you don't have to get agitated about it. The Lord's going to handle this. Don't avenge yourself. Don't do it. The Lord's going to handle this, and He will handle it. He could convert the people, too. Washed. That's a thorough washing. Mm -hmm. You are, not you can be, you are washed past tense that's like when Jesus washed the disciples feet you remember and and Peter said to wash his head he said no he that's been he that's washed only needs to have his feet washed see that's a picture of this truth here Amen. Yes. you were totally when you yes. came in you were totally washed mm-hmm. no part of you come out of the baptistry unwashed yes. it was well, as time proceeds on, because you're in the world, you have to have a not a full bath, but you have to be have to be washed. But only those that are washed can have their feet washed. <laughs> Marvelous truth, isn't it? You are washed. You now again. You not you can be washed. You are. You are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So this this sanctification is accomplished. Your acceptance of Christ tags you as one of these that are uh-huh. sanctified. And you are justified. This justification is wrought by God because of what Jesus did, not because of what you did. Now you've got to maintain. See, once you're washed... Sanctified, justified. Now you've got to maintain that status. Amen. And God has given you in salvation. You receive the Holy Spirit. You're born again, recreated with the new man. You've been given faculties to receive what God's doing. If you weren't sanctified, this couldn't be. Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't be any different than Abraham and Moses and Aaron. But he sanctified you so that when he recreated you and left you with this body and left you with a soul that vacillates, he can still work with you because he's purchased you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Amen. We're not changed. We're changed in stages but we're not justified in stages we're not sanctified in stages we're changed and they're necessary to have in the name of the Lord Jesus that is on the basis of what he did by virtue of his foundational work 
The basis of us maintaining the state of justification is the same as the basis for our sanctification. The basis is Christ gave his life, and because he did that, he sets you apart so he can work in you. And as you work for him, he blesses that because of what Jesus did. Not because of what you did, because of what Jesus did. That's the foundation. There has to be a foundation or a reason why God works. See, people can do something without reason. And so someone says that's unreasonable. See, but God, he doesn't do it. He does things always with a reason. Both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. Christ, his effectiveness is owing to his connection with God. You're in Christ. Your effectiveness is owing to Christ's connection with God. Yes. And I understand you're connected with him, but it wouldn't make any difference if he wasn't connected to God. Your connection wouldn't mean anything. That's right. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit enters into this and he's the he's the initiator yeah. of all of this work and the one who empowers it to happen. I think that's just about it. Yeah. By the Spirit of God. Yes. Amen. The Holy Spirit supplies the strength and the direction needed to do the will of God. To do the will of God can't be done without non-human strength. There has to be a strength outside humanity. And there is, thank God. That's what the Holy Spirit uses. To perfect you, He uses what Jesus purchased and what Jesus has. Conclusion, sanctification has been, is a set us apart. This is why it's right for God to say, be ye separate. This is why it's it's right for him to say that. Be separate, because Jesus put a, this belongs to God tag on you. Everybody knows that in heaven. Everybody in Satan's camp, they know it too. They know who you are. Yes. The only people that don't know are people people on earth. So I urge you to not only know this, but just take delight in it. And if it's at present a little difficult to digest, just think, think on it. And as you think on it and what God has said about it, it'll, it'll clear up. It'll clear up to you. You'll see it. And when it makes sense, actually makes sense, no one will have to tell you what you need to do. The only people told what to do under the Christ is people that have went backwards. And they had to be Mm -hmm. corrected. So as much as possible, brethren, let's live in such a manner we don't have to be Mm -hmm. corrected. But if we do have to be corrected, 
Let's all receive it. Amen. Receive yes. it joyfully. Yes. All right, any of you have something you'd like to add? Yeah. You know, this, will, this will produce a lot of um, confidence in you. When you realize, you oh. know, when you came into Christ, you knew exactly how you got in. It was part yeah. of the death of Christ. But see, this, this sanctification thing is ongoing sanctification. That's right. This is... This is all based on that one act that, one that act. he did. He accomplished yeah. it for us, and now it makes perfect sense that God would work with those who Christ right. saved. But in order to do that, he's a patient. He's a patient God. Oh, yes. He's long-suffering because there's many reasons that you could give for a person just to be squashed out, as it were. Yeah. But because of Christ, he, he gives him more grace because he knows yeah. the outcome. He knows that they're... It, they're going to come along. They're, they're going to eventually, if they'll stay in the race, they'll persevere over this nature that's holding that's them right. back. That's because we do have a nature that Amen. is against this distinctification. That's uh, <laughs> the next lesson I'm having is yeah. going to be this part right. here, right. where we work out our salvation of fear and trembling. Yes. And yeah. this is the will of God that you learn how to possess. You yeah. learn. You learn yes. how to possess your vessel of yeah. sanctification and honor. Yeah. But yeah. what yeah. what I wanted uh-huh. you to see here yes. is that it's just not your effort. There's a That's there's right. a basis Amen. that when you extend your effort, yes. divine power meet, meets Amen. Amen. meets your effort. Poof! Praise God. <laughs> yes, Sister Taylor. Um, while you were teaching, I thought of Ephesians two ten. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sanctification is his workmanship in us, created in Christ Jesus. It's wonderful, isn't it? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And when we see that, we don't doubt. Mm-hmm. Because we are seeing we are seeing Jesus' work in us. It is the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit yes. that we are the children of God. That yeah. is why we can have the confidence. When we doubt, it means That's we're right. too far from the Lord. That's right. Yeah. And all of that comes alive when you're connected with Jesus, when you're living by faith. Amen. Amen. All right, now, before we close tonight... Some of us were talking, we want, to, we want to pray about the fellowship here. We know that Satan is trying to take us down. Yeah. We know that. So we want to pray against yeah. that effort. This is part of wrestling against principalities and powers. See, people haven't caused this. Satan has caused this, and he's, there's just some people he can work with more freely. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll pray about this, and if you, any of you want to pray about it mm-hmm. out loud, mm-hmm. let's, let's assault this thing. Let's take hold of this yeah. thing yeah. vigorously. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let this go to like God answers our prayer. Yes, amen. I'll pray first. Our Heavenly Father, we're bringing this congregation before you because you've made us what we are. Amen. You've shown us what we see. And we know, Heavenly Father, that this is called tremors. Yeah. 
in Satan's camp. We're praying that you would uphold this congregation, not suffer it to be removed, cause it to stand and rebuke the adversary. And we stand against him ourselves. We're not told to rebuke the devil, but we're told to resist him. And we know who can effectually rebuke him. We're calling on that to be done, Father. Save this sentinel. Save this lampstand. Don't let it disappear in Jesus' name. Grant us power to participate in its stability. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dearly Father, I come to you tonight asking that you would give us grace to be um, good stewards of the manifold grace you've given us. Father, we testify that you have given unto us life from the dead. Mm -hmm. Father, you put us in this place. We ask, Lord, that you would sustain us and you would give us grace to edify one another. And Father, we know, Lord, it's your place to send uh, uh, the brethren as it seems fit to you. We ask that you would you would do this on our behalf, that, Father, that we, uh, as we labor together and hope that, Father, that we would be um, a, a good picture to the outside world of what it means to walk by faith. Father, we trust, Lord, that you are not only able, but you're willing to do the things we've asked. I agree completely with Brother Gibbons' prayer and ask, Lord, that you would help us to trust in you more. In your son's name, amen. Amen. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight knowing that Jesus said, A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. If this could be said of an individual, how much more could it be said of a congregation of believers who meet in your name, who love you, who have... uh, who are, are steadfast in the faith. We're thankful, Lord, that you give us this, uh, that you've given us this building, you've given us this provision to meet together in this building and to operate under the freedom that is in Christ Jesus. Lord, we ask that you would now strengthen us, that you would cause your countenance to shine upon us. Lord, we know that you're a God of mercy. We ask that you would show mercy to us. We're, we're very thankful, Lord, to be able to trust in you with all of our heart. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Dear gracious Heavenly Father, you know that we weren't put on this earth to just have this um, just pleasant time and, and an easy, easy day, but... I know that many of us have endured some pretty lengthy trials uh, for a while now, and I pray that you help us to continue to stand strong and not let any any of us be blown over by this or weakened in faith. I ask you that you actually make us stronger than we've ever been before. That you help us to continue to be steadfast in our faith. That we would grow continuously from one another and be able to meet with one another as we have been on a regular basis. And that you just give us us more than you have before. That 
Um, if you would help us to just learn more of you and just continue to prepare for our heavenly home, Lord. Yes. We thank you for the lesson tonight and being able to meet with one another once again. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Our dear Holy Father, Lord, we come to you this evening praying that you'll strengthen us, strengthen us all as a whole and that we will be able to stand against the devil, that we will not be taken down, that we will all stand fast in the faith, amen. and that for only you can do this, Lord. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our Holy Father in heaven, we thank you that you have given us to know and to love the truth. We thank you, Father, for brother of like precious faith that we might soldier in this earth with. Lord, we thank you for the provisions that you've given us for gathering together. And we thank you, Father, that you've given us to know that we were begotten by your word and that we are preserved in Christ Jesus and that you have given us to, for, uh, to, that we will receive of thee uh, an expected end. Lord, we thank you that we have the record of the brethren in Sardis. Yes. Even though it would seem that the whole of the city was overtaken with, with unbelief, yet there were some, even in Sardis. And you saw them, Father. We ask that you would look upon us as well as any brethren that are in a like condition. Yes. But that you would look upon us and not allow us to think of ourselves as, uh, as unimportant, uh, as defeated, but rather, Father, that we might see ourselves as we truly are in your Son, who, who has conquered and has made us more than conquerors. Lord, we pray against the, the powers that we cannot see. Yes. And I pray, Lord, that, that you would cause us not only to uh, survive, but that we would uh, overcome by faith all of the opposition. Because we know that ultimately that opposition is against me. So, Father, we pray for grace to be faithful and strong and courageous that we would quit ourselves as men we pray that you would continue to minister to us the abundance of truth that is in Christ Jesus that we would grow in our steadfastness that we would grow in our strength we would grow in our ability to stop the mouth of gainsayers that we would grow in our ability to proclaim the truth as it is in Jesus. Mm -hmm. That you would make us mighty in our spirits to your glory. Not it. We know this, Father. We say this, but we know this. We all have the testimony in ourselves that we came from a place of weakness and poverty. Mm -hmm. Father, of uh, hopelessness. And we were taken from that. And you've set our feet 
on solid ground. Amen. You've caused us to be clean of the world. Uh -huh. So we pray that we would continue to keep our garments mm -hmm. and that you would do great things mm -hmm. with, with us and also with your people wherever they are found. Things that would astound the world. Things that would confound the wicked. Mm -hmm. And I pray that your will and your purpose would prosper in us to your glory. We ask that you would pervert, to, uh, preserve this congregation, that you would add as it would seem good to you, that uh, only that which will add to what you're doing uh, would be added to the congregation, that you would protect us from further intrusions or from Brethren falsely called, or from any other uh, influence that would take away from what you're doing in us. We pray that we would may, remain pure in our hearts and our minds to thee, and love thee with a fervent love, and have fervent charity one to another. That all these things would be true, and Father, it would please you that that you would keep us, grow us, and bless us, and that we might be vessels of blessing to others. For we ask it in Christ's name with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the, for the many years that you have been with us, for the countless hours of teaching and preaching that has been uh, spoken through this congregation. We ask that you would look upon us that if there be anything that that we do need to to get rid of that you would show that to us that we could so we could get rid of it easily. We, we pray that you would sustain this congregation that we would uh, that we would grow Lord, we know that this isn't this isn't my church, this isn't Brother Given's church, this isn't any of our church, this is your son's church who, mm -hmm. yeah, who he purchased with his blood. Yes. And uh, this is just a small portion and, and Lord, we we've been a close knit group for, for a long time and we pray that that we would continue to grow together. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And to learn of you. That's that's our purpose here. And we're asking, Lord, that you would squash any of the the devil's attempts to to disrupt that any further. Cause each of us here to to grow to where we would be able to be able ministers to contribute any way we can challenges, Lord. We pray that you would bring believers here, not just not just anybody off the street, but people that are that are seeking you truly. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. we just ask that you would that you would preserve this congregation, Lord. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Our dear Father in heaven, we 
thank you for bringing us together, for you are the one that put us together. We thank you for each and every soul that is in this room, for your son dwells in them. And they have treasure. We all have your son's treasure within us, and we thank you for, um, for the presence of your son here amongst us. Lord, we ask that we not be distracted by any attacks that we are experiencing, but that your face shine upon us and strengthen us and um, cause us to press in harder. Lord, we, um, we have confidence that you are hearing our pleas right now. We, have, we know you hear us. Yes. We trust that you will act upon this in your time. We pray these things in your son's name. Father, the reason we pray with confidence tonight, knowing that you hear our prayer, is because you called us here. Yes. Father, we were obedient in faith, in worship, in tithing, in, in seeking you and learning about you. Father, you called us because, Father, we are not those that are satisfied with milk. That, Father, we want the sincere meat of the Word to give us the energy. And, Lord, I believe you called us here to this place that was dead because you wanted life to be here at 13th and Monroe. Father, you have given us more than we had then not to lose it now. Father, you have given us the power, love, and a sound mind to realize, Father, that in the spirit world that that there is a side that wants to stop your work that you said my believers in word of truth. Now you, when you have done everything that I have called you to do, then you are to stand right here and not fall back. Yes. You are not to faint. You yes. are to stand in faith believing uh-huh. that yes. the Word of God is true, uh-huh. that I am with you every step of the way, uh-huh. that there is no weapon formed against us that will be successful, yes. that, that there is light on this property and not darkness, uh-huh. that the words of the world are nothing but lies. Yes. And this is the place where I, God, want to bring light into Joplin, Missouri. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I proclaim the goodness of God over over this this church, this property, this this group of believers. That that this is the holy mountain of where we are all going to stand and not fall back. Father, you said as you gave Adam authority, you have given us authority. So therefore, Father, we take our authority of obedience to you. Mm-hmm. And as some other brothers have prayed tonight, Lord, if there be anything, show us and we'll do it. But if there isn't anything that you're going to show to us, then we believe that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Yes. Father, unless you show us that there's something glaring, then, Father, your word sanctifies this place. Period. Father, we can bring people here and have the spirit of life overflow us here 
And this is the place, Father, where we stand because we know that our faith is only in You. Not in anything else. Not in the Word of anything else that can be proclaimed. And then, Father, for our brothers that are no longer here, Father, I pray that You give them uh, the experience of being revitalized. Re-energized. <coughs> Father, bring this place back. You know how many people will sit in these chairs. Mm -hmm. Father, we're praying tonight. Fill this church. Mm -hmm. Give us leaders that will, that will continue to grow and nurture us in Your Word. Mm -hmm. Father, we pray for the finances and the health and everything that we need here at 13th and Monroe at Word of Truth. And right now, Father, until these things come to pass, which will, Father, nurture Brother Given, Increase him in health. Have him meet all his financial needs. And the, and the same thing with Robert Cobb, who's, who's doing a, a wonderful work here serving you. So, Father, I end this prayer with I thank you. I thank you that you allowed us to come into your presence because we all came tonight with thanksgiving in our hearts. We lift up your name. We say, Holy is the Lord Almighty. Yes. We, we praise You, Lord. We give You thanks. And in the darkness, You are gone. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, I come to You one more time. You've taught us that we wrestle against principalities and powers. Yeah. Strengthen us to be fighters. To be militant. Yes. To cast down every yes. high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Amen. David said, Teach our hands to fight in war. Uh -huh. Teach yes. my hands to war. Teach us, Father, yeah. to war. Yes. We're an army. Yeah. We know who the enemy is. Grant us grace and strength and the consciousness to drive the enemy out Amen. like Israel drove the Canaanites out. Amen. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.